Take three wrestling podcast. It is the second to last podcast of the year that is 2023. It's Christmas time in the city. Uh, I am your host or one of your trio of band of misfit toys. Uh, it is me. It's me. I am uh, Fat Nash. I'm joined as always by Fat Hall. Uh, that would be festively plump, Hall. Hey, yo. Um, yeah, Joe, go ahead. <laughs> What's up? I was gonna, I was gonna say your name. That's on my here. drag queen name. If I ever become a drag queen, I would be Rebecca Mapusay. You raked my back. I've actually decided I'm gonna start at work incorporating more drag queen terms. Like when I hand food off to people to bring to tables, I'm gonna be like, to see that walk. I I have less than one percent of knowing what the fuck you're talking about right now. Oh, it's a it's a thing. It's like I don't know. Um, how do I explain drag terms? Let's see to straight people. Um. Okay, well, do you know the term, my pussy is on fire? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so, like, like sissy that walk is, like, like you're walking and it's obvious that your pussy is on fire. Okay. Like, okay, Alicia Fox used to sissy that walk. Okay. All right. See, I just had to put it in wrestling terms. I, I got you. And, I got you. And wrestling is actually just not that far off from drag. So well, I that's can true. actually make this work. I mean, look at, I mean, God bless him, Seth Franklin Rollins. I mean. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He he would kill it on RuPaul's Drag Race. Without question. 100%. He'd be sending people home. If he can lip sing, oh, my God. I'm sure he could. Kind of want to see him lip sing against Nia Jax now. <laughs> that like, man's super talented. If we can get that on Raw. That, super, that man's super talented. Uh, before we continue on, I would like to state for anybody who's watching along at home on the YouTube and is watching me just roll my eyes increasingly, no, it is not a Joe Lopez trying to describe RuPaul Drag Race. It's because they keep putting the fucking vile criminal that is Sean McVay on my TV screen. And I want to throw something through it because it's fantasy football playoffs. And I have Kyron Williams, and he's like, here, let me give a meaningless carry to fucking Puka Nakua. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad beat, man. Fucking frustrating as fuck. All right. uh, My only hope is this third and one carry. They hand it to Kyron, and he just break cracks one off for a touchdown. That's that's uh, all I can hope for at this point. My luck is Kyron goes down at the three and fucking. Oh yeah, he would just to kill the clock out. Clock. Oh no, there's gonna oh, be you because... pussy. Yeah. They don't have to snap it again. Game's over. Oh, you fuck bomb. my life. All right. Well. We do have a fun show in store for you all this, this, on this fine day. Um, we will talk uh, PLEs. We'll talk about um, Maxwell Jacob Friedman and his contract uh, situation in AEW. And we will also potentially discuss uh, if time, time withstanding. I will put that in the discussion here. Uh, Impact Wrestling has announced, quote, a major signing. We'll talk about that. As always, we'll finish with Wrestlers of the Week. 
Oh my um, god, is is there anything more pro wrestling apropos than having a topic that is TV time remaining? <laughs> Basically. We, we we've broken the mold on wrestling podcasts, boys and girls. And like literally, it's like this is our, you know, we have uh we have one, two, three kid and Bob Holly ready to go. Yeah, we had to kill that eight man tag match off of WrestleMania because Crush and Macho went long. <laughs> Um, Speaking of drag queens, that's Sherry Martell. We should just make an announcement before every show. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen at home, we'd like to let you know that this uh, this podcast is uh, card subject to change. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, (laughs) yeah. Without question. I I should actually just put that on the main front graphic. We really should because we've had so many good topics that we've never discussed because we look up when the show's an hour and 40 minutes. Ah, fuck. What did we get here? We need to put a wheel together. We need to do a spin the wheel episode with all those. We should, yeah. I would, I would have to go back and literally listen to every episode just to figure out the topics that we've somehow just not done. Yeah. Because we announce them like this and then we don't do them. And then like, and I, and I don't write them down because I'm an idiot. Just remember. It's like game over. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that during my, uh, my drives to work because, you know, there I have you. 17 million hour drives to work. So, yeah, do that. Then we can. Yeah, we'll think about it. Um, all right. So I saw this on YouTube, so I'm not even going to try to steal credit. Uh, guy who. Tommy <laughs> DeVito? Where the hell did he get here? <laughs> um, I did not like saying Gabagool. So, Mr. Santi Zap, who we've taken a couple of different talking topics, subjects off of his shows. Um, he, he has his own YouTube page. He does uh, videos on there daily. Um, I've been watching a couple of them. He ranked all the main events from every PLE, including the NXT shows. Uh, I did, He gave them a grade. He didn't rank them in order. I didn't want to do that, so I wanted to rank them in order. Um, we are not including NXT because I'm going to be very frank with you. Um, I don't think Joe could tell me the main event of NXT Battleground, nor could he tell me who actually wrestled in the match. If you... Okay. Yes, you're not incorrect. (laughs) However, if you think there's any chance that I remember the main event of half of the actual WWE paid live events... There's a reason why I made this the topic on Friday. If you think that I've gone back and watched any of them or looked into any of them. All right, Jim. I guess this is going to be a fun time. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I got I got mine list of 1 to 12. I, I, earlier when you were like, this this might take a while, I was kind of like, mm. I, I kind of only got like about four matches I could actually remember. So I don't know how long this is actually going to take. Also, for the record, I'm still a little sick. I, I will cough occasionally, so if I suddenly hit mute, and also it's why my voice sounds all scratchy. I'm not going through puberty. Uh, it just hasn't fully come back yet, so I apologize for sounding a little different, but yeah, if I hit mute suddenly, it's because I'm dying, but I'm not dying, but I'm dying. All right. Um, so there are a total of... 13, 14. 12. Mike, did you just see the baseball news that's breaking? Uh, Yashinobu Yamamoto to the Yankees? To the Dodgers. 
Oh, it, it, he ended up he ended up spurring him because for more I than three hundred million dollars. How many years? Um, I didn't see a year on it. I'll look. So there were twelve. Uh, three hundred is all it says. Jack Curry says three hundred. Yoshinobu. All right, so the Dodgers are going to win the World Series next year. Lock it up. Championship. It's fucking dumb, man. Or they'll be the greatest team to win 135 games and get swept by the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> it's one of the two. Uh, all right, so there are 12 main roster PLEs um, here for, for the year 2023. Um this is the thing. Uh, I kind of want to go in reverse order um, because I think that's more fun. Um, with that being said, um, my and, and this you have to understand these these lists are going to be uh, a little bit more of a personal opinion and the reasons why and things like that because I, I will actually give my reasons. On yeah, I'll why. give I'll give some reasons why I put them where I did, and I assume we're going from twelve all the way to 12. number. Yep. Hold on, give me a minute. I'm looking up a list of matches, so maybe I remember them. Well, okay, while you're looking that up, I'll, I'll start with my my number 12 so that it can give you a kind of a, a refresher here. Uh, my number 12 uh, on the WWE PLE main events, and this is just the main event match, uh, it took place uh, back in the month of August from Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. It was the head of the table, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso in tribal combat because we were told that tribal combat was supposed to be a one-on-one man versus man. We're going to let the two men figure it out for the family and the winner's going to walk out as the tribal chief. The winner's going to walk out with the championship and then Solo Sokoa got involved and then Jimmy Uso got involved and it just felt like the final chapter of a generic Roman Reigns main event. Um, I thought, and I was hoping that this match would have been more than what it was. And maybe I, I just got my hopes up thinking that Jey Uso and Roman Reigns, the family ties and all that stuff, that they would have a match that would just take it to that next level, especially coming off of uh, the tag match where it was at Money in the Bank, where it was Roman and Solo versus the Usos, which, which we'll probably talk about at some point on people's list. Um, but that match, it was slow. It kind of dragged at points, it felt like. And the whole tribal combat thing, it, it didn't really withstand. And I, and I feel that, at least for myself, if you're going to tell me a stipulation, it's got to hold true. You know, it's kind of how I felt when The Fiend and Seth took, faced off in, in Hell in the Cell. There was never a no contest in Hell in the Cell ever before that. Why the fuck would there be one now? Like, it just didn't make sense. So, tribal combat being a, a man versus man thing with no inter, uh, with no interference, I feel like that was when I kind of drew my line in the sand of, all right, I'm kind of over this Roman Reigns stuff for a while. So, that's that's why I have that at 12. Uh, Jim, I will give you the floor to release your uh, number 12. Selection. Yeah, um... My number 12 is from Payback. Uh, it's Seth Rollins, Seth Franklin Rollins defeating Shinsuke Nakamura to retain the world heavyweight title. Um, there's nothing really bad about this match, but there's nothing really like 
take away great about this match. Like it, it was a good match with two two good guys. Um, it, it, it was the 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 finish felt a little incomplete, and I know we end up getting another match with them later. Um, so yeah, it was just. It was just a really good. I mean, it was a good match with with two good guys in a in a main event spot. So it was it was it was there, but nothing spectacular for me. Yep, uh, Joseph. Uh, so just looking over this fast, I'm gonna agree with Jim, and I'm actually I'm I'm gonna cop out a little bit here because I'm gonna put a tie for my, for number twelve. So I'm gonna you'll skip me for eleven because. Uh, I'm gonna just put both Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura main events here. They they main evented twice. I don't actually remember either match, and that's not to say that they weren't good matches. I bet at the time that I watched them, I enjoyed them. I bet if I went back and watched them, they might come higher on my list because I might be more entertained. But since I'm going off of sheer memory of the last twelve months, I. I literally couldn't tell you a spot that happened in either one of those matches. Uh, I only remember the second match really, and it and it's a little bit higher up on my list because it was it was the false count anywhere or the last man standing, like whatever stipulation. And last yeah, man like, like like the funny thing is, I agree with all of your reasoning for Roman and Jay being number twelve. Mm-hmm. And when we get to the point where I'm ranking the matches I actually remember, that will probably be the lowest of that list. But I remember it. Yes. You know, like, for all intents and purposes, I can tell you most of what happened in that match. It it, it, it should have been different. They didn't use the gimmick. They just kind of pretended it was just a regular-ass no-DQ match. So, like, it was it was the most disappointing main event. But at least I remember it. I can't say I remember either Rollins Nakamura match, and I feel bad saying that. Now, mind you, I once was at a show where I saw Brian Danielson versus Kenta in Ring of Honor, and it was years before I remember that I was at that show and saw that match live. Until I was like watching the DVD one day, like ten years later, and I was like, "Wait a second, I think I was there." Like, so my memory's not always the best. So again. No actual offense to Seth or Shinsky. I just, I got to put them at the bottom because I, I can't tell you what happened. All right. Uh, so Joe listed off both of those matches as his uh, at, at 12 and 11. At number 11, I have the shortest main event on this. And I will put this, and I fought and I died on this hill when we talked about this show. Um, this main event, and I have it here because this should not have main evented this show. Uh, the main event of this show should have been Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest, and I will fight anybody about this until the fucking cows come home. Uh, nine minutes and 40 seconds. It was a fun nine minutes and 40 seconds, but I felt like it could have been placed better in the show. It's Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar, um, and I think I really have it that low just because the Bad Bunny-Damian Priest match was 6x better to me. Um, so I, I feel like that's kind of why I'm... I'm so low on this match just because of how good another match on that show actually was. Yeah. Can't, can't disagree there. Um, my number 11, Sir Royal Rumble, Roman Reigns, uh, defeating Kevin Owens to retain the universal title. Um, 
again, these are two guys that are really good at what they do. Um, it was no surprise that it was a good match. Um, but I don't think they there was the year before. What's that? Didn't they wrestle yeah. the year before? They did. Bro, they, they wrestled like three times at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. The, during this title reign. Yeah. Um, and it's so, but but here's the thing: there was no chance KO was winning. Um, you know, we we we, we going through the motions. Um, so yeah, good match, but just there was nothing to write home about with it. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, at number ten, I have the first Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura match from Payback. We've talked about that enough, so I'm just going to move on from it. Jim, you're number ten. Uh, my ten. He's from Night of Champions. KO and Sammy defeat the Bloodline to retain the tag titles. Um, the the entrances to me were were more important than the match itself. Um, again, we we, we we'll, we'll talk about the the other match with these two teams, or or, or with KO and Sammy and the Bloodline. I, I just I didn't I didn't see Roman and Solo walking out of this one uh, with it. Hit hit the button. I have I have the official. Are we talking breaking news? Yep. Uh, according to Jeff Passan, the official terms of the Yoshinobu Yamamoto contract, 12 for 325 to the LA Dodgers, and they'll have to pay a $50.6 million posting fee to his Japanese team. So all in total for Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the deal is 12 for 375 where he will join uh Shohei Otani as well as Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts and has basically locked up uh the next I don't know 7 years of hell in the National League. It's absurd man, 2 billion a billion dollars on two players. Um but yeah, it it was more about the entrances for me. Um the match itself was fine, but just I didn't. I knew Ko and Sammy were winning, so correct. Um, all right, Joe, number ten. Yes, number ten. I, I'm only putting this here because, if I'm being perfectly honest, I've never actually seen this match. It's like the one ple I didn't watch all year. I understand it was a good match from the reviews, and. I think it did good things for the guy in it, which is why I put it above Nakamura and and Rollins, even though I did see those. Um, but Roman Reigns versus LA Knight. I, I never watched Night of Champions. I haven't seen that show, so I can't really properly, fairly grade the match. But again, at least like like at least it, it did do something for LA Knight. So I mean I respect it in that regard. Was that was that Night of Champions? That was Crown Jewel, not Night of Champions. Crown Jewel. Okay. Oh yeah, sorry, Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel yeah. But yeah, yeah, just the. Oh, the yeah, I was like, Wait, because I looked at my list. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. There was sand. I don't know. It's understandable. Um, number nine, I have the Royal Rumble. Uh, we've talked Someone about. Someone fucked the sheep. Sheiky baby. No sheep, not sheik. Oh, sheiky baby, but we're sheiking it. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, number nine, I have the Rumble. Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, we've talked about it. it he had no shot of winning. Kevin Owens is going to become the new Mr. Fucking Royal Rumble where he goes like 
one and 37, but he always puts on great performances. He'll be the Shawn Michaels of Royal Rumble. So I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and put that at my number nine also. Sorry for jumping ahead. No, it's fine. That way I don't have to talk about it then in like three minutes because same thing. Like, another thing. Again, yeah, great match, great guys. I don't remember anything especially about that match other than the post match stuff. The post match stuff was great. The post match stuff is probably like top three, four post match stuff in, in all of the main events for the whole year with, with Sammy turning on the bloodline and all that. Correct. But. I don't remember what happened before the bell rang to end the match. To be honest, that's that. That's the thing. If you if you're putting the whole spectacle of the last segment of the show and you add the Sammy turning on the bloodline, that that is probably a lot higher on all three of our lists. But when you go from bell to bell, uh, that that just kind of loses a lot of its luster. Uh, Jim, you're number nine. Uh, this is where I have Rollins Nakamura in the last man standing match at Fastlane. Um, I think the better of the two matches had a more complete finish. Um, still a little shocked that Nakamura didn't win, but uh, yeah, just nothing, nothing super take like big takeaway about it. Yeah, I, 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 I ha that's coming up on mine. Um, at number eight for me, I have the match from Night of Champions. The tag match, Kevin and Sammy versus Solo and Roman. Like Jim said, it's the entrances. Um, the, the pure emotion on, on Sammy's face. Walking into that crowd and in that situation, you could tell uh, that was going to be more important than whatever happened from when the bell rang. Um, I have it ahead of the matches that I do just because at this point, if you're going to make a card, I, I feel like at least the in-ring work of that match was better than the Nakamura um, Seth stuff. And, you know, obviously Cody versus Brock Lesnar was a nine minute car crash. And I've talked about how much I despise tribal combat. So I felt like that was an easy spot to put night of champions. Jim number eight. Um, this is where I had Roman and, and LA Knight for the title at Crown Jewel. Um, obviously a big moment for Knight to be in that spot. I think he shined. Um, there was just, again, Roman wasn't losing. It was, it was a main event to be a main event. Um, really good match, but Roman wasn't losing. Um, Knight looked strong, but just, it, it was... I don't mean this in a bad way. It was a Saudi Arabia main event. It was a way to get Roman Reigns a bigger payday. Yeah. Joseph, number eight. Ooh, number eight. Uh, you know, I might be putting this here mostly to change up where the rest of us are at a little bit. But also, too, because in a weird sort of way, in hindsight what happened after the match kind of took away entirely from the actual match and no, you know, I mean, it was the cool moment. It was great, but like it definitely just broke the flow of like what was going on and everything. Um, so I'm going to take the men's war games match from survivor series for this one. I, I think pump 
Punk coming in was great, but totally overshadowed the whole thing. I will be discussing that uh, in a few. It's a little bit higher on mine for reasons, which I'll go into. Um, number seven for me is the Crown Jewel match. LA Knight, Roman Reigns. Um, I will say this about the lead-in to the match was better because that was the first time that, that I really felt that somebody was brash enough to do things against Roman Reigns. LA Knight coming out while Roman's taking his 35-minute walk to the to the ring to sign the contract. Like he they they made that character mean more taking an L than it would have been him winning a meaningless match against somebody on that show. That's fair. Uh Jim, your number 7? Uh this I have Cody and Brock. Um it had a big fight feel. Um, like I, 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 I agree with you that, um, that bad bunny should have closed this show. Um, I, I also get we're we're in Cody must pose, um, <laughs> territory. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I, I also get why he, um, had the closing, cl- the closing spot on this, um, nine minutes. Um, but it, it, it was fine. Like sometimes, Sometimes the best meals are quick meals. Like you don't you don't need you don't need to sit down at the table for forty five minutes and have long conversations that, um, you know that, that that aren't necessarily going anywhere. Sometimes it's good to just grab that quick you know burger and fries and it, it's going to fill you up and do the job. And that's what I think this was. Um, In so the yeah. gay community, we call that nut and go. There you go. Perfect. I feel like you can go now. <laughs> oh, literally. Uh, what number are we up to? Seven. This is where I'm going to put the SummerSlam main event. Because, oh, did I you do that one? What? Did I, did, I, did I put the SummerSlam main event yet? Not I don't, that I'm aware. I don't believe All so. All right. Well, I'm going to put that here then. Because like I said, like I remember it. It's memorable. But it was kind of disappointing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Number six for me. This is where I have the last man standing match between Seth and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, They had a last man standing match. Yeah, it was the one. It was the one at Fastlane. Holy shit. I (laughs) literally just don't remember these matches. Yep. Good match. Good for what it was worth. I feel like this match would be a lot lower on the card if some of the matches that I've ranked above it meant more. Um, I, I truly feel that at least the bottom half of my list makes me hate Roman Reigns' title reign even more now because at this point, we're literally having him close shows in matches that we know whomever he's wrestling has a 0.0% chance of winning. Um, so it's getting very frustrating to, to care I would much rather if you let let you close with matches like this because then I have a thought process of somebody may win the title, whether it's whoever Seth's fighting, whether it's Priest cashing in. There's an option, and I and I think at this point, put Roman Reigns on and on the first match of the night and let him go out there and and do his thing and and just be done with it because inevitably 
a title match where it's a 50-50 draw makes me want to watch that show more. That's fair. Uh, Jim? We're at six. Correct. Uh, yeah, this is where I have the, the SummerSlam uh, tribal combat. Um, I love seeing Jey Uso in this spot at, at, at what is arguably the, the WWE's second biggest show of the year. Um, I got, I, 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 I get it got, got a little silly, but like every, almost every wrestling match that like shouldn't have extra shit ends up having extra shit. I mean, like every range match that has taken place in 2023, but not even that, like, okay. So a steel cage match is designed. So only two people are allowed in, are, are allowed in the match. Inevitably over time, other shit has gone down. Hell in a cell was created to even keep others out when you know when the, the the regular solid steel cage couldn't do it and then Kane comes down and rips the goddamn door off or like somebody gets thrown through the sidewall of the hell in a cell uh you know like the elimination chamber was only supposed to be the six people in that chamber well then obviously somebody figured out well when somebody gets eliminated they're gonna open that door I can come in and fuck shit around like so yeah, like it was only supposed to be Roman versus Jay, but of course it's never going to just be Roman versus Jay. Um, but I would have, you know, I would have loved if it did. Maybe that's what would hurt it a little bit for me. But I think right around the middle is is where this one belongs. Makes sense, Joseph. I'm gonna go ahead and I've been like looking through all the main events and actually like sort of putting a list together in, in correct order. So I think at this point I have to put the Owens and Zayn versus Roman and Solo match here. I love that match. If I'm remembering it correctly, I think that match was fantastic. I think all four guys put on a hell of a performance in the ring. Any other year it could have easily been number one, but I, I feel very solidly about my top five from here. So this one just kind of falls to six based on that, to be honest. All right. Uh, number five for me is the Survivor Series Men's War Games match. Um, this match was a roller coaster of emotions um, from, from you know, the, the Judgment Day stuff to Damian Priest being the first person to potentially want to cash in inside of a War Games match and, and that tease to Randy Orton coming out and looking like uh, Daddy Orton. Um, yoked as fuck. <laughs> um, so, Daddy. yeah. And then, uh, and then, you know, I get it. The, the Phil from Chicago stuff overshadows the match on a whole. Um, I've gone back and watched the match since knowing the CM Punk thing. Giving it the second watch does that match justice. Okay. Because you're not, oh my God, what the fuck did we just witness? you know that surprise is coming. Um, so it, it, it to me, it, it the match holds the second time that you watch it because you know the surprise is coming. So you're not as like, oh my God, what the fuck? It's Phil. And you completely forget that Randy Orton just made his in-ring return for the first time in a year and a half. You forget how good uh, Finn Balor and, and Dominic Mysterio looked in that match. You know, you don't you don't forget it the second time that you sit down and watch it because you know what's coming. So I'll, I'll put the Survivor Series match here. 
All right. Uh, for me, number five, um, I had WrestleMania night two. I had Roman defeating Cody. Um, really good match. Um, I, have that at, I have that at four, so we can get that discussion. Yeah, I mean, it, really good match. Um, at times, it, it, it felt like Cody was going to win. Um, they, they did a really good job at, for, for the first time since I think it was the Rumble in 2022 when Rollins had the shield gear and actually won by DQ. It's 21. Was it 21? 22 was the last man standing match with KO, I think. No, I think. Because twenty one, because that was in the Thunderdome. The, I thought I thought Kevin Owens went back to back. No, no, I think. I on. don't remember. Let me look it up quick because I'm fairly certain that that Royal Rumble 2021-2022 was when Rollins they were in the um, the Alamo Dome, and Rollins came out in the Shield gear. I think you're right. Um, I think Owens and I think Owens and Reigns went twenty twenty one twenty three. Let's see here. Okay, that would make sense. I I know they went. I yeah, they Rollins. Went yeah, Rollins and Reigns was um was 22. in twenty twenty two that opened the show. That and, and and there was times there where it felt like uh, Rollins might win. Yeah, it was it was Kevin Owen. Yeah, Kevin Owen, the last man standing was twenty twenty one because that was still in the Thunderdome at that point. Yeah. Um and, and so they did a good job at kind of creating this this seed of doubt. Like, is this really this is really gonna happen? Um and then that the shot at the end from inside the ring, Cody looking defeated, Roman celebrating. Um th from the production standpoint, um, this was huge. Um so yeah, I that at uh, that at five. I have it at four. Uh, I'll let Joe give his number five in a minute. I just want to um, great match. Um, obviously, I talked about it on this show and in our post show that I thought finishing the story made the most sense uh, there. Um, part of me still believes that, especially since the lack of of. Roman Reigns, yes, we've gotten great matches uh, out of the bloodline since because of what happened that night. So I kind of swallow the pill and deal with it because of what we've got since then. The truth is, though, and I mean, I say this as someone who probably likes the whole storyline better than anyone else on the show right now. You could have gotten all the same beats, though, with Roman losing the title that night. Like we we still could have had Bloodline Civil War, we still could have had Roman versus Jay at SummerSlam in a Tribal Council match, whatever the fuck it was called. We you know, Tribal Spoke. Not, yes, exactly. None none of what happened since then needed the title in it. So, while I agree, while it didn't need the title, Roman walking out with the title and ridiculing the Usos for losing the tag titles wouldn't have worked if they could have looked up and been like, motherfucker, you lost your title. Yeah, but they still, he still, you know, like, he still could have been like, y'all are the reason I lost my title. Like, like they, they could have pivoted to yeah. some other drama reason to Correct. still get to 
Civil War match to I'm still not... get to Roman versus Jay. And, like, we could still be where we are right now, where we're clearly possibly building to Jimmy versus Jay at WrestleMania and all that. Like, you could still be there at this point, which at this point, in relation to the bloodline, that's probably the most, like, ongoing current thing happening. So... I'm not disagreeing with you. I just... I felt like there would be holes if he didn't walk out with the title with where they've gone from here. Um, I, I personally still think that Cody should have walked out of LA that night with the title. Um, but that's again, me um, just because like you've said, um, they didn't need the title and Roman really hasn't been there a lot since. So are we really missing anything if he didn't have the titles? Right. But, yeah, and that's just my personal opinion. Joe, what do you have at number five? I'm the one who has this match the highest ranked. Um, it's, I'm going to put Cody and Brock here because I actually love that match. I agree with you guys. That wasn't the best match on that show. Damian Priest and Bad Bunny was. And frankly, if that had been the main event, that would probably be number one on my list. That might be my favorite WWE match of the year. I'm not even kidding. I absolutely loved everything about that match. But it wasn't. So we're not talking about that match. So just ranking the main events as they are, like I did love the Cody Brock match. I loved how short it was. I loved the intensity that they both had. I love that Cody won because I wasn't even necessarily expecting that at that point. So everything kind of about that match I thought was awesome. And I'm, I'm more than happy to have it on this list, even if it didn't actually deserve to be the main event that night. Uh, I have given my number four. We will move on to Jim for his number four. Uh, this is where I have the men's war games from Survivor Series. Um, the match was really good. Um, if the women's match was in this spot, it would be higher on my list. I thought the women's war games match was the better of the two matches. Um, I- obvious, obviously, we, we know why this closed the show. Um, and I think that adds to the fact that this got into my top four. Um, again, it's not part of the match, but it's part of the main event presentation. Um, when you have Cody must pose along with Randy Orton and company, and then hell freezes fucking over like that. And, and, and maybe it should have even been higher, but I, I just think what I have left is, is still stronger, um, to, to the main event year, but man, <sighs> In, in so in the 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 youtube wars of uh you know the rock versus cm punk cm punk's return video has now uh eclipsed the rock on youtube in in in, le- in less than a month like it's 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 insane like the, the the that moment is still nuts to me so that that definitely helped it get into that four spot absolutely joe what do you have at number four Number four, I'm going to put, I feel almost crazy doing this, but I I feel very strongly about my top three. So my number four, I'm actually going to put the tag title match from night one of WrestleMania 39. Uh, It's a fantastic tag match. Definitely, probably the best tag match. Definitely, probably. Okay. The, I can put my hat on saying it's the best tag team match, non-gimmick in WrestleMania history. Like, I think only TLC 2 probably gets an actual argument above it. 
and that's because it was TLC too. Uh, just a straight up tag team match for the titles. This is the best it's ever been at WrestleMania. Absolutely fantastic. I loved seeing Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in a main event match at WrestleMania. Kevin Owens has main evented WrestleMania twice now, and I love that. As a long-term fan of those guys, as someone who got back into wrestling because of those guys back in 2007 at a Ring of Honor show, I loved being at WrestleMania and seeing them in the main event. I love the story. I love the Usos. I love everything about it. And again, this is another one of those, any other year, this could easily be my number one, but I feel very strongly about my top three. So this is number four. Uh, number three for me, I have the Civil War. It's Roman. It's our good friend Toyota Sequoia versus Jimmy and Jay. Uh, the first time in four score and 779,306 days ago uh, that Roman Reigns was defeated uh, via pinfall by someone. Um, the match itself was fantastic. This would be the tag team match of the year if it wasn't for the match that took place night one of WrestleMania to me. Um, and the fact that you're putting Toyota Sequoia and Roman Reigns uh, on that level um, who aren't a tag team, um, this had all the emotions and everything that it needed. Um, from the time they stepped foot through the curtains at the O2, to the crowd being as loud as it was the whole time. Um, I, I say this every time that a, a, a WWE or an AEW goes somewhere overseas. It doesn't matter because they're going to sell it out regardless because of the fans. If Civil War takes place in Kansas City, Missouri, don't think it has the same energy that it does at the O2. Um, it's still a good match in a, in a random place in the United States. When you add that London crowd to this match specifically, it just it cranks it up that extra volume. Um, and that's kind of – it's one of those things, the, the card in general, the whole thing in general. Um, this is the first time that we've seen a crack in the Roman Reigns Foundation. This is the page being turned. We're now seeing the start of the downslope of this reign, of this era, of this title run. And the crack in the foundation took place on that night. And that's why I think I have it in the top three over some of the other matches, including uh, finish the story and, and stuff like that. Um, I can't say enough good things about this match. Jim number three. Can I, can I just say ditto? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, for for all of those reasons, man, this is my number three. It, it it was it was such a it was such a huge match. It's it's it's, and I get we we haven't we haven't closed out Roman's story as champion, and we haven't closed out the the book on the tribal chief and the family and all of that because because it is still going to come back around. Um, but this this felt like. You know, the, the, this felt like the end of book one. You know what I mean? Like, it, like, and I, I understand like all the different analogies. Like, you know, we're still in the third inning or whatever. But like, 
this felt like the end of book one in a two book series and and um it it was just it was done to perfection if this was on like broadway you would have accepted them all walking out and taking a bow after it was over Mm -hmm. like break character like we're just we're just paying mad respect to you guys for the performance I'm 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 gonna agree with you guys. I'm gonna put this at number three also. And again, and it I know I've said it a few times here, but again, I think this speaks really strongly to these matches at the top here. Any one of these matches could have easily been number one if not for the match that I feel like I have to put in front of it. Yeah. Any other year, this match takes it away, hands down. But I've got two matches that personally I can't not put at my numbers one and two. All right, number two, uh, speaking of crowds, uh, this one happened in uh, somebody's home turf. Um, I feel like we're on the same page about number two. Th- this this one to me was the first one that in a long time, yep. Roman Reigns walked to the ring that I said, all right, let's pull the fucking trigger here. You know, for, for a while, yeah. the game, this show was, when we previewed a, a show, Mike was going to find a way to concoct a plan to get the title off of Roman Reigns somehow. Um, and yeah, it became a bit after a while. You know, at one point I was saying that Cesaro was going to win the world title from him because fuck it, why not? Um, this is the first one that really felt like we were in play um, with, with uh, at Elimination Chamber, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, um, the pure emotion, the pure lead into this match um, to the point where when Sammy's music hits and Montreal doesn't stop shaking for about a solid 14 minutes, it feels like. Um, this was the one. Um, and if there was a night that wasn't going to be a WrestleMania that Roman Reigns' title reign ended that I would have felt okay about it was in Montreal that night in February with Sami Zayn. Um, because if there's a character coming out of his run in the bloodline and the way that it ended and the stuff at, at Royal Rumble, if there was a way that it was going to uh, to be the guy, I would have been just fine with it being Sami. Um, the emotions of that match, the in-ring philosophy of that match from both guys, the multiple close calls in, in Sammy almost walking out with the title uh, to inevitably being stooped at the end um, to the closing scene where, you know, he's in tears because that crowd was not going to let him act defeated, even though he did not walk out as the world champion. Um, yeah. Emotion and poetry at its best uh, took place in Montreal that night. Ditto. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Yeah. Again, it, it, it's. I. I wouldn't have been mad if Sammy won, but it's also. I, I'm. I'm. I'm also maybe that much happier that he didn't, because like. It was never. It was never really about Sammy winning. It was about Sammy getting to that spot and and everything yeah. he had gone through with the bloodline and 
with Roman and with Jay and with Jimmy and with Solo and everything. Like, it, it was just, man, it was so, it was so perfect. It was honestly, if that that match, if someone asked me, why do you like pro wrestling? Why do you love pro wrestling? Why do you watch pro wrestling? Show me. If they gave me that. If they gave me the opportunity, they were like, I will sit down and watch one wrestling match with you for you to show me why you love pro wrestling. I, this is the match I would show them now. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it used to be an easy answer to again be like, oh TLC or you know some kind of just big spectacle, Hell in a Cell, nineteen ninety eight with Undertaker and Mankind, like whatever. But this is the match, the emotion here, the the story, the fight. I you could have never watched wrestling in your life and be cheering for Sami Zayn in this one. He's the clear underdog. He's the clear guy that like you just want to see rise above and what's the next lyric uh, out of the streets or whatever. I don't know. It's just everything about this match is so amazing. Yeah, no, 100%. I love this match. I, I definitely lean towards showing people that, that this match now over those other matches because the problem is, is when you show them those two matches that you mentioned, all you're going to hear from the wrestling haters is, those aren't real thumbtacks. That's fake. Right. Crash pack. That's no emotion. You know, this, this this didn't need the the car crash and the spectacle. No. Well, that's the thing. Like, like you said, like, those. oh, those are fake thumbtacks. All right, well, this is real emotion. This isn't fake emotion. You can't fake emotion. I mean, you can, but they don't do it. They, they don't do it well in wrestling when they try. No. God, no. Um, all right. Number one for me, tag title match, night one, WrestleMania. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say this on this show, and, and that's fine. The greatest tag match in WrestleMania history. I put it ahead of TLC. I put it ahead of, you know, some of the other the, the other Hardys and, and Edge and Christian matches and stuff like that. Um, this this match, I remember standing in SoFi, and you know you get that feeling where you you're in the crowd and you almost start bobbing back and forth because you like you're ready to go run through a wall because you know how good this match is going to be. You get that little that little emotion before that music hits, and and, and it's one of those things. It's hard to explain. Um, going to 10 of those and, and, and being in the crowd where there's that like pause before the music hits where you're I like, think, I think we've been to 12 now. 10 plus is, is just kind of what I, is what I just said. Fair. Um, you know, obviously with the two nights and, and, and all that, like it's a lot, um, you know, but WWE and, and I know at home it doesn't, it hits a certain way and Jim, for the love of God, I want you to experience this so bad in April. It's that pause where you feel that 30 minutes has eclipsed and then the music hits of the other person in the match and you're like, fuck yeah, it's big fight time. And it's just, it takes you to that next level. And this is the first one in a long time that's kind of hit me with that where it's like, 
I'm waiting for, for KO and Sammy to come out. I'm waiting for the music. I'm waiting. And it's like, come on, man. Just fucking give it to me already. And they're like, go hold out for a second longer. And that fucking music hit. And that, that was, that was big. Um, and then the bell rang and those two teams put on a tag team wrestling clinic. I will say it's the match that revitalized tag team wrestling in WWE. Um, I can't give this match enough love and enough flowers. I'm going to tell you right now, it is going to be in my top three of my match of the year. Whenever we go over the awards in a, in a couple of weeks, I'll be very honest about it. Um, yeah, I don't know what else I can say about it. So, Ditto. No, um, I, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have that personal connection with it. Obviously, I wasn't at. I wasn't at Mania in, in SoFi, um, but but even even sitting at home, um, this. If if you asked me, because like it, it, it's it's a, it's trickier now, and and when you have two nights of WrestleMania, and, and you know some people claim like, well, the the first night main event's not a main event. Well, no, it actually is, asshole, because it's the last. It's the thing that closes the show. Um, but like, if you had to be like, okay, but if there's two main events, which one was like the main event to me, this match is the main event of WrestleMania 39, this match, again, the presentation, the culmination of, of the, the, the Kevin and Sammy journey to that point, um, best friends, bitter enemies fight forever, um, Again, I mean, you think about Kevin Owens' first night in WWE. He fucking power bombed this motherfucker onto the apron, like, you know what I mean? Like that 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 journey of their careers together to be in that stage on that moment, like a tag team match, main evented WrestleMania in twenty twenty three. The isn't that like the first tag match to main event a WrestleMania since like. One, yeah, yeah, I, like, I believe so. Like, like, yeah, this doesn't happen, especially not in 2023 in the World Wrestling Federation Entertainment. Like, it doesn't happen, but it did, and it was, it was perfect. It was perfect. So, yeah, absolutely, my number one. Uh, I think we can deductive reasoning tell what Joe's number one is. Yeah, and you guys have already talked about it. I mean, I don't have a lot to add to it other than to say from, like, a personal perspective that Cody versus Roman was that all for me. Kind of what you were just describing, that the big match feel, the being on your feet, feeling the entire arena in your body, like in your heartbeat, feeling all of that emotion, being on literally every near fall every like 2.99999 they had me hook line and sinker i mean that honestly might be the most invested i've been in a main event match at a live event that we've been to since the the great heist back at wrestlemania 31 that that's how much that match had me it it had me going in because I was really excited for it. It had me during the match. It had me... This was the one 
you know, yeah, I thought there was a chance that Sammy might take it at Elimination Chamber, but this is the one where I was sure. This is the one where it was like 99% that Cody's going to take it. And and I still had that little bit of doubt in my head, enough to be like, mm, every near fall is going to get me. And it did. I, did. I don't know that I'd react the same way at home, but like being there, being in the arena, being so just engulfed in everything happening... I mean, yeah, no, I absolutely adore that Cody and Roman match, and I'll I'll take that all day. I love, I'd say, all of basically my top, like, four, easily, hands down, five-star matches, incredible, five gay flags, like, loved everything about all of them, would, would take any of them as my match, as my number one on this list. But I got to take this one just from that intrapersonal perspective of how... Like, this was that match that took me back to being, like, a five-year-old kid being a wrestling fan, where I wasn't analyzing the story. I wasn't saying, oh, well, no, like, Cody's got to win, otherwise his push is over. I wasn't, I wasn't doing any of that in my head during this match. During the match, I was just a fan who just wanted to see what was going to happen. I was that eight-year-old kid at Madison Square Garden who was really pissed off because... Hulk Hogan should have won the Battle Royal because he eliminated Sid, but the referee didn't see it. And then Sid got back in and he eliminated Hulk Hogan and the referee saw that. And that I, I was so angry after I left that show. My aunts were like, it's okay, calm down. That is what I felt during Cody versus Roman. Not, not, not to change the subject, I'm on Peacock right now watching uh, WWE Ring in the Holiday with uh, Mick Foley as your host. That 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 tracks. They're showing a match from uh, SmackDown, I believe, in 2011 between Randy Orton and David Otunga. Okay, I never thought that'd be on any kind of compilation, but there we go. Yep. So during the match, because it's it's a Christmas like a hol- uh, miracle on 34th Street street fight. Yeah. Um. Randy Orton has a wrapped box that he literally David Otunga is trying to run away from Randy Orton. He picks the box up and yeets it at him and it hits him in the head. This is why Randy Orton's a legend. <laughs> and he looks up and he goes Oh, like the moment that he like just yucked a fucking human being eats a thing. One of the Bollywood boys and he's just like whatever. Hold on, let me see if I can. So, so I have it on. So, literally, it's about to come on. I, I, I rewound to the to the point here. He's gonna like try to run away from him as he gets out this fucking candy cane fucking kendo stick or whatever the fuck that is. So, literally, uh, David Otunga is gonna be a dick here. And nope, that man was married to Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. Wait, are they and not? She... They not still married? No, I'm been pretty to... sure they're divorced. Yeah, There's a reason che- he's not on WWE TV anymore. Yeah, he has their kid. I think she cheated on him and, like, can't watch the kid. See, look, he's going to start running away. He's like, nope, I'm out. Fuck it. Nope, don't want this anymore. I don't want to fight Randy Orton. Randy Orton's like, what the fuck? Yeet! <laughs> <laughs> what do you That's think amazing. he took harder, that box or the divorce? <laughs> 
Oh yeah, they uh, it, uh, they they split in 2017. Holy hell! Yeah, that's how much man, I pay attention man, to things. My man hates the color purple. The movie, the literally the color, the, the literally the color, like. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's our uh, that's our talk about uh, WWE PLEs. I feel like that's a fun thing that we could do yearly. Oh yeah, rap- I like that. Stuff. I will keep a running list from now on. You won't. Don't lie to us. You fuck. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Okay. And I also may change my mind on the fact that I feel that. Nope. Not. Nope. Never mind. We're gonna move on. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Joseph. I believe that the floor is yours for the next topic. Uh, yeah, real simple. MJF apparently hasn't signed the new AEW contract yet. That's the rumor. And well, at least that's what he said. It's it's a rumor, literally from him. So, you guys believe it? Do you think he's gonna resign with AEW? Do you think there's any chance that he doesn't resign with AEW? Where where do you guys do you want him to resign with AEW? Where do you where do you fall on the Maxwell Jacob Friedman of it all? Uh, Jim, would you like the floor? Um, I think he's lying. Um, I. Uh... It feels like a really it feels like a really odd thing to and I understand like WWF did this with like Bret Hart in like 96 but like I feel like we haven't really gotten not that there's been a company in in a long time for, for this to even be a thing that we even care about but it like for for him to be going out and being like yeah, I didn't sign and blah, blah, blah. Like it, it, to me, that that's just he's already re-signed, and they're gonna run some sort of gimmick on it. Um, I, 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 I think MJF will eventually one day be in the WWE. Um, I think he will be in the WWE when AEW doesn't exist anymore. And I and, and 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 I don't I don't say that as like a I'm crapping on a AEW situation, but like we we got to like at some point I, I I they're not they're not going to be a 50 year company like they're just not um so whether it's two years five years I mean MJF's super young man so like. I think he's going to be a company guy until there's no company to be a company guy for. Like, you know, like there was there were some of those when when WCW went down. Now, obviously, Sting didn't come to WWE, WWE until you know WrestleMania 31. But like, there was other guys. There was there was like Booker T that that was with WCW till the end, and then came to WWE. So I I I, I think I could see. MJF being that guy, I I just I think he's already signed. I think he's he's already under contract for even if they even if they extended him for just a year, I think he's signed a new deal. Yeah, I, I'm over the the great debate of the 2024 contract, whatever the fuck he was calling it. Um, at the end of the day. Do I want him to re-sign an AEW? No, because I think Maxwell is more of a character than he is a professional wrestler. 
Um, I think the character in WWE would be increasingly better than it is in AEW because WWE has storylines. I get it. They're doing this whole fucking thing with the devil, and this really shows the character of Maxwell Jacob Friedman, and, and, and it's become really, really good, and it's one of the only things that I'm actually excited to watch on AEW besides the Continental Classic, a.k.a. Uh, G1 Climax Lite. Um, but I don't think there's a chance in hell that Tony Khan isn't going to give him whatever the number is and has already given him that number because at the end of the day, if Maxwell Jacob Friedman is the guy in that company to be the long-term guy, whether he keeps the title past uh, revolution or not is irrelevant um, because this is where I stand when it comes to it. If you're not going to give him the money, your company's going to die from the inside. He's the best thing you got going right now in the main storyline that you got going right now that isn't going to be over anytime soon because inevitably when the devil reveals themselves it's going to lead to a feud with max so what are we talking about we're talking about double or nothing all out before he's probably a free agent so what he extended him for another year so we'll see him in 2025 and it'll be the great contract negotiation of 2025 that i Still won't give a fuck about you. Want to know why? Because I'm not seeing any of the money. Why the fuck do I care? If he shows up on Monday night, I'll be happy. If he shows up on Friday night, I'll be happy. If he stays on Wednesday and Saturdays, guess what? As long as the storyline is good, I will watch. <laughs> as long as whatever he's doing is exciting, I will tune in and support MJF. Because at the end of the day... The Maxwell Jacob Friedman who signed and was there that first night in Jacksonville when, when they announced AEW and he was the snobby fucking brat with the scarf and this, that, or the other. But I was kind of like, I've seen him wrestle a couple of matches. He's got decent character work. I hope it works. That character wasn't there that day. But that character has come out over the last two and a half, three years from the stuff with, with Punk, the stuff with Adam Cole pre to the injury to now. Um, you know, Max has gone up on my, on my, on my scale and on my, on my level of, of wanting to watch him do things. Um, but if he was to leave AEW right now, I don't know that there is a bigger blow unless it's Kenny Omega going with him. So yeah, I think he's staying. I would rather him be in WWE because I think that character in that company with those writers behind it would be a hell of a lot more entertaining, but I don't blame Max for staying because I guarantee you Tony Khan's probably throwing him a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. Here's one thing though. I'll actually say, and I was thinking about this yesterday. I actually think this would be one of the worst times for him to come to WWE. I think that, his impact, no matter when he showed up, it would be a big deal because he is definitely a huge star at this point. But there's just so many pieces on the WWE chessboard right now. 
there's so many guys that deserve to be in the main event that are popular enough to be in the main event that have the in-ring ability to be in the main event that it's like it's a riches like you know what i mean it's like a, an embarrassment of riches in wwe right now like we're, like we're putting drew mcintyre in the middle of every card because there's just so many other people that drew mcintyre is just not the top priority main eventer right now and he, it's not because he doesn't deserve to be. You know, like, there's a number of guys you can say that about. Sami Zayn, you could say that about. Cody Rhodes is in the mix. Seth Rollins, you know, Roman Reigns. Like, there's just LA Knight. There's, you can really honestly go on and on. Punk just showed back up. So I just feel like right now, if MJF ended up in WWE, he would almost get lost in the mix in a weird sort of way. Like, yeah, there's big matches for him to have. There's big feuds for him to have. And he would, he would eat on TV. Like he would factually just eat it up. He would, he would be like he's like you said, his performance ability and his character, perfect for WWE. So like he'd be on TV every single week. He'd be on Raw. He'd be on SmackDown. He'd be on something on a weekly basis. But he might not be the main event. He might not be the guy the way he is in AEW because there's just too many people who right now are the guy already in WWE. So I actually think for his career's sake, as much as anything else, staying in AEW right now makes the most sense. Like, it feels weird to call AEW the small pond, but he's the big fish in the small pond over there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, at this point, and if he was to be a free agent prior to... August, which I don't think is realistic um, because I think they would sign him to a six-month extension to finish the devil storyline no matter what. No matter what. Um, now, now would be a bad time because if Roman Reigns is going to drop the title at some point in the year 2024, whether it's WrestleMania, whether it's a potential another show that, that, that we've talked about off-air, whether it's leading into WrestleMania in 2025. If he was to come over tomorrow, he could be the main event on the blue brand and be involved in a, in a storyline with Logan Paul and LA Knight, where you could have the verbal guys going back and forth. The problem is, is once Roman Reigns drops that title to somebody who's going to be on the blue brand day in and day out, he is going to fall through the cracks because that person is going to be the main event because the, the universal championship is going to be the most important thing on that show when it's there. And if it's there every week, him being in a few with Logan Paul and LA Knight for the U S title, which right now would be fantastic. But in six months to a year, it may not be, um, you know, so I kind of agree. Big fish, small pond. Um, and he would be on the, on the TV show. I would love to see a Miz versus MJF promo battle. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. like, they, like you said, there are things for him to do. The problem There's actual, is, like, dream matches there. But the problem is, is they're not main event matches. Right. Or they're not main event feuds. And there will be a lot of people that will look up and say, well, 
MJF coming over to WWE, he's got to be in the main event or it's a failure. Right. Which I don't think is the case because here's the thing. Unless you're wrestling on main, uh, on WrestleMania, there's only one main event on every show. Right. WrestleMania, there's two. You got to take whatever your spot is on the show and make it must-see. And I think if there's someone that, that can do that with the writers and the and the storylines and the things like that, I think it would be Max. Because Max could turn the third match into the show into the, all right, motherfuckers, go out there and beat that. Can I, can I just point out something that I just realized that has nothing to do with MJF but does have to do with the main events that we all just talked about? There wasn't a single women's main event yeah. on a WWE PLE in 2023. It's why I think the Women's Royal Rumble is going to close out the Royal Rumble. I, I, I kind of hope it does now because that's kind of... It's kind of why that's I... shocking. It's kind of why I believe that there will be a women's match main eventing one of the nights of, of WrestleMania. Looking at you, Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch. Especially now that Charlotte Flair is hurt. I'm not as sold on that. I do think that a women's match will close Elimination Chamber in Australia. 1,000%. Well, with Rhea, yeah. Yeah. So that's crazy. Now that you think about it, I'm sorry to interrupt my own topic. But that's no, crazy. But, but the thing is, is I think if you go back and look at the year before, I don't know that there was necessarily more than the one at WrestleMania. I don't did did they close out that WrestleMania that year? Yeah, that was Sasha and um twenty twenty two night one was Sasha Stone- and, and and Bailey. No, not Bailey, of- um Bianca. I think you're thinking of twenty twenty one. Really? Because there was not a women's match that main evented in twenty twenty two because that was the Brock Lesnar winning the fatal five way. So uh, wait, it's it's been two years. At least since the women's matches main evented a WWE pay per view. Yeah, because I'm gonna I'm gonna read 2022 was the five way, the men's Royal Rumble, the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match, Mania Night One was Stone Cold Kevin Owens, Night Two was Brock versus Roman Winner Take All, Backlash was McIntyre and RK Bro versus the Bloodline, Hell in the Cell was Peck. Peckville, USA. Money in the Bank was the men's Money in the Bank match. SummerSlam was Cowboy B. Brock. Clash, Clash of the Castle was Roman versus Drew. Extreme Rules was the Fight Pit, which had the return of the Fiend. Crown Jewel was Roman versus Logan Paul. And Survivor Series was the Brawling Brutes versus the Bloodline in War Games. That's crazy. And NXT didn't have one either because I'm looking yeah. at the last women's main event on a on a was WrestleMania 37 from Tampa, which was Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. A- am I wrong for feeling like that's absolutely insane? I'm gonna say yes and no because go back and look at this year. How much of it was the Bloodline? But you could have had you could have main evented that one payback with Trish and Becky in the cage. 
over over a last man standing match that had a title that hasn't changed hands and has been in your company for I I feel like I'm going to say yes because again I don't even remember that match and I do remember the I do remember the cage match So let's see the results for for payback you opened with that Yeah if you flip those two I think Think that, I think you can make that work, and at least then we have like the women getting a fair shot. I almost but, feel like we need another like women's evo- like revolution evolution pay per view, whatever. Yeah, but the but the problem with Becky versus Trish, and I'm gonna sound like an asshole here, and I understand that. Um, what the fuck was it for? Pride? I don't know. That I, I mean, on that payback show alone, you had. The Judgment Day win the tag titles in a street fight. You had Rhea Ripley take on Raquel Rodriguez for, for the title. I mean, and then you had the the Seth versus Shinsuke match, the first one. I I, I don't if you know. Made, if you made Rhea and and Raquel like some kind of gimmick match, could you have main evented with that? Possibly. I honestly, the the main event that they should have had, they couldn't have had because of what happened after, which was the return of CM Punk. Because the women's war games match was the better match. Yeah. yeah. But you can't close with that with what happens after the men's match. Right. Yeah. No, that's valid. And the thing is, Rumble, you're not you're not closing with anything else because of Sami Zayn. You're not closing with anything else but Sami Zayn in the Bell Center because it's Montreal. Yeah. Uh, the two nights of WrestleMania, the right two matches closed the show. Uh, Backlash, could you have closed with uh, Rhea Ripley squashing Puerto no. Rico Jones, Zelina Vega? No, no. Uh, Night of Champions, they're never closing with a women's match in Saudi Arabia. Let's be real. Yeah. Uh, Bloodline Civil War in the O2 Arena was more important than the women's Money in the Bank match. Sorry, I'm gonna be that guy. No, you're not wrong. We made we made we made tribal combat look like a thing that had to be seen, had to be the 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 upper echelon of a show. That's obviously closing SummerSlam. So your first real opportunity was payback, which would have been the cage match. Fast lane, which had EO Sky defeat Asuka and Charlotte in a triple threat match. Feels like you could have main evented with that, possibly. That was the last man standing match between Seth and Shinsuke. So, wait, so payback was just the regular one on one Seth Correct. and Shinsuke. So then you really could have main evented with the steel cage. So you're telling me that a steel cage stipulation between a part timer and Becky Lynch is more important than your world title on the Raw brand? I don't think it's more important, but I feel like it's about equal in terms of the storylines and stuff at that time. Tell me you don't give a shit about Shinsuke Nakamura without telling me that you don't give a shit about Shinsuke Nakamura. Because that's kind of what it feels like. I mean, I think he's entertaining. I like the guy, but like they built that Becky Trish storyline for months also. Yeah, I I think you could have gotten away with it. I, I know I get why they didn't do it. Yeah, but if like you I, if I'm you open, it was necessary, but like you could have, especially to at least give the women a main event. 
I think if you open with with Seth and Nakamura, you could have closed with the the steel cage. I just it just blows my mind, and I'm I'm okay with moving on from the MJF topic after this. I feel like we kind of had a consensus on that. Um, I, it just blows my mind that it was only what like four years ago, five years ago that the women literally had an entire pay per view to themselves. And now we're talking about a two year span where we have like a two and a half year span where we haven't had a women's main event on a pay per view. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I'm willing to put the tagline on it that it's crazy. Um, because- I think crazy in a sense that like for for a couple of years there, like WWE was doing, it was intentional about. Yeah pushing like the women's revolution and evolution and all of that exactly but but also in the same time because i've seen a lot of people go well there needs to be another all women's pay-per-view i'm like i don't think there does because the whole purpose of that show was to prove that like you can you can do it and like the whole journey of give divas a chance to women's wrestling women's evolution and all of that that was the culmination of all of it once you've had that it, to me it says that the, the the playing field is even and like like women's women's wrestling within the WWE like you should almost get you should almost be able to get to a point where like Rhea's title doesn't need to be like the women's world championship it should just be the WWE I don't know. Come up with a, a different name. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. The women's titles are are the women's universal championship. Well, yeah, but I guess my my point is that it like the that you don't even need the the word women's like that that it's that like that ever try that. No, I don't think WWE. I don't think has ever actually tried it, but like. The, the 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 point is now like you don't need to you don't need to have an all women's pay per view like I think it is it it is if it wasn't for the bloodline I think we would have we would have you know women's main events at you know backlash and we would have women's main events at maybe even at Money in the Bank um, yeah. but Sky Money in the Bank would have been perfectly fine if you didn't have Civil War in your back pocket that, I think that's that's the quote unquote problem is, is you're just in the midst of the, the biggest story this company has ever told. Uh, so, okay. And, and so then let's bookmark this because I think that the real test is going to be in February. Cause there's no excuse to not have Rhea Ripley main event elimination. Oh, I agree. Uh, that That's why I truly think what, what they're either going to get rumble and, Elimination Chamber, or they're going to get Chamber and potentially yeah. talk for one of the nights of Mania. But if they it, don't get Elimination Chamber, if somehow Rhea is not the main event on that show, I mean, come on. If she's not, there's only one of two things that I understand it being. Punk or Cody winning the Chamber to get the title shot that the other one doesn't get for winning the Royal Rumble. Because if Cody wins the Rumble and declares for Roman Reigns, 
Then you open the show with the men's war games match and you let Punk win, or excuse me, Elimination Chamber. You let Punk win knowing that you're getting Punk versus Seth. But you're, but if Punk wins and says, I'm facing Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, then you have the problem. Cody must pose. Yeah. It's hard to sit there and look up and be like, all right, we're going to close with Rhea Ripley. She's going to win the, the women's elimination chamber. She's going to point at the fucking WrestleMania sign, and we're going to hear cheers. She's a bad person. It's kind of the same problem that you have with the conversation we had offline or off air about Gunther at Bash at Berlin. That's it's It's hard when Cody must pose. If Cody is going to fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and he does not win the Royal Rumble for the second consecutive year, it might be hard. I'm saying that if I had the pen, the women's Elimination Chamber with Rhea Ripley winning it would close out my Elimination Chamber show 100 out of 100 times. Just because that, to me, is the right call. But there is, to me, there's something in play. It's the same reason why I'm concerned about them not getting a main event at WrestleMania because I think you're going to get night one, one of the titles, night two, the other title. Yeah. You know, so that's that's my fear. I mean, to be fair, Charlotte Flair, Jade Cargill could have been a WrestleMania main event, but Charlotte Flair blew her knee out on a spot that didn't have to fucking happen on a shit episode of SmackDown. Let's be real. So, I'm a little I'm a little out on on dumb spots right now personally. You know, so we'll see. I think there's a lot that's going to unfold over the next 45 to 50 days where we'll, we'll, we'll know where we stand coming out of the Royal Rumble. You know, I, I think there's potentially a return in play for the Royal Rumble. That could change, you know, what you do with a couple of those matches because it could bring in Money. So, we'll see. You guys uh, want to try to do Jim's topic, or what are we doing? I think I'd rather hold that one till next week. Um, I feel like I'm starting to crash a little bit after <laughs> the, my third show of the night. And I, I think I, I, we're not going to learn any more about it, about the, the, the TNA signing until next week, because, I mean, they may tease a little bit more, which could be actually add to the topic but um yeah the, the, their show's not until january 13th so we'll we'll be able to hold the topic all right somebody remember it but we won't I'll keep it right all right down. uh 12 21 since we didn't do a show last week all right wrestlers of the week um i will let jim go first since he didn't get a topic tonight uh, I'll go with uh, Chance and Carter, new uh, women's tag team champions, WWE. Joseph. Did Swerve do anything? No. Uh, uh, hold on, let me look. 
Uh, he won a Who Gives a Shit Continental Transphobic uh, Classic match. Ah, swerve. Um, I will take the woman who actually retained her ROH women's title in the main event, a final battle. Uh, I will take Athena. Jim? Um, I will take Kyle Fletcher. He is the new ROH uh, TV champion after final battle last week. Joseph? Uh, I'm pretty sure Mark Briscoe and FTR won their match. Yep. Let's go with them. Mark and FTR. Um, I'm looking up something because I want to be correct about this. Where did it go? I can't find it anywhere. God damn it. Um, you know what? Let's go with, uh, you know, this match, this match was a lot better than it had any right to be for a nine minute match. Um, it happened on the Saturday episode of collision after the ring of honor show, uh, orange Cassidy. Uh, I'm going to give him the, the nod here. Um, but that match against the bounty hunter, Brian Keith, uh, was a lot better than it had any fucking right to be. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm sitting here as a wrestling fan, I'm telling Tony Khan, uh, find a way to sign Brian Keith because I feel like uh, from an in-ring perspective, um, he would do a lot for that show um, and and would be another really good in-ring piece for that for that company. Um, all right, that's wrestlers of the week. Uh, we have. One more show before we wrap up uh, Wrestlers of the Month and wrap up Wrestlers of the Year. Um, Wait, I thought we were getting three each. Oh, all right, we'll do one more round. That's fine. That'll that'll help us. Because... Either that, or let me take out Swerve and put somebody else. No, go ahead. We'll do we'll do another round. I can probably find someone. Uh, Gunther, he retained his title against the Miz this week. He has to be on the list. Uh, Jim, I hope you didn't want to take Gunther because you were actually first, and Joe just. I did not. Uh, I'm going to take Danny Mo. Um, she uh, there's a independent company that runs up here in Philadelphia, um, and she is the new battleground women's champion up here. Um, let's see. My final selection for the week is going to be none other than. But Judgment Day, uh, fun match against the the Creed brothers to close out Monday Night Raw. Um, I thought the the, the Creed were going to win, uh, especially after they hit that Brutus the, the wrecking of the Brutus ball. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed that match a lot. Uh, but yeah, um, Judgment Day, thumbs up. Um, all right, that is wrestlers of the week. That is the. Now, second to last show of the year 2023. Um, uh, Joe, you had anything before you decide to make another Irish exit and be gone before we come out of uh, the closing credits? Nope, but that makes me feel like I should at least say goodnight to you guys. 
Now we're used to it at this point. We just come back and we're like, Andy's gone. Oh, heard. Okay, bye. Okay, bye, Joe. And he's gone. Uh, Jim? Uh, yeah, just get me at Big Jim Sports. Uh, hit the link tree on, on my Twitter. Um, subscribe to Huddle Up Podcast, everything we're doing, 3CT, um, and uh, discussions with a nobody. Um, yeah, just, just subscribe everything there. Podcast platforms, YouTube, all of that. It's pretty easy. It'll, it'll, everywhere you need to be, it's right there on my link tree. Uh, yeah, on that link tree, you find the link to Huddle Up uh, Incorporated. Uh, cool fantasy football show that we do there, the FKC Fantasy Hour, me, Craig, and Ryan. Um, as always, I get to dabble along with you guys on the Huddle Up stuff in the comments. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at they call me burn. Follow the show at Take the Number Three Wrestling. Um, we'll close out the second to last show with this. Uh, we wish you a very happy and merry Christmas. Uh, we wish all of you a fun holiday uh, season, Jim. As always, I appreciate you uh, being a part of the family. I love yeah, you, buddy. Uh, have fun. Uh, we'll uh, we'll do this thing one final time. Crazy. In 2023. Uh, next week, right here on the show. Until then, stay safe. Love your family. See you guys on the other side.